Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. Our entertainment correspondent, that would be Miss Katia Woods. She is here with us today. And of course, she is a contributor to the Philadelphia Tribune and also has her own Cup of Soul show on YouTube. Good afternoon, Katia. How are you? I'm very good. Happy New Year, everybody. And Happy New Year to you. Well, that is what we want to talk about today is what is going to be popping in these entertainment streets in this new year. What is one of the first things that we can look forward to in the new year, Katia? I think we got an award show coming up, don't we? Yes, yeah, Golden Globes is Sunday, so we'll kick off award season. Who is in the, you know, who's in the front, who's in the rears, who's popping up out of the left? Uh, so we'll find out on Sunday, you know. I mean, Golden Globes kicks off award season. Golden Globes will be on CBS instead of NBC, which is their new home, 8 o'clock Eastern time. And it's a pretty good idea that, you know, where things are going, you know. And I mean, the nice thing about it is Golden Globes is a combination of television as well as film and you'll get to see everybody mingling and it's nice to have the fashion back and all that good stuff yeah we will get to see some folks hanging out because we haven't seen celebrities on red carpets we haven't seen them showing off their fashion we haven't seen a lot of that with a a lot of these projects though of course color purple was one that was able to promote their film since the writer strike and the sag strike had ended by then so we got some red carpet looks And that should be fun to see at the Golden Globes. But who should we be looking for to uh, pick up some trophies this weekend? I mean, look for Danielle Brooks. Danielle Brooks to see if she's going to edge out Danielle, excuse me, Divine Joy Randolph in this Best Supporting Actor race. You know, Um, look for Barbie to do well because Golden Globes does have a musical um, category, you know, and also see what's going on with this best original um, song. I mean, I personally feel like, you know, who's going to compete with Dua Lipa with Dance the Night Away because that was everywhere. Like, even if you don't know who Dua Lipa is, you heard the song. It's so catchy. She made it um, along with Mark Ronson, you know, specifically for Barbie. So I think, you know, it will be interesting to see. Look for Oppenheimer to also be there in the technical area. I definitely feel like Christopher Nolan is going to pick up a trophy for best director, you know, and sadly, I mean, the women are not really as usual, you know, did this film direct itself in the words of Billy Crystal, you know, we got to do better by these, the women directors, you know, it wasn't just Greta. There was a lot of great things out there, but you know, they like to shove the women in the screenplay category and be like, okay, this is your consolation prize. And when you so, say Greta Gar Greta, you mean uh, Greta Garwig, who is the director of Barbie, and you correct, don't think that correct. she's gonna be able to beat out Nolan. No, because the GGA is still predominantly men mm. and because they look at a movie like Barbie as kitsch, you know what I mean? Like a cliche. Whereas they look at a movie like Oppenheimer or Killers of the Flower Moon as more technical. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It will also be interesting to see what happens to Best Actress. Will Lily be the first Native American woman to win? And it would be wonderful if she did. She deserves 
And um, and that's Lily. You know, Glad, that's Lily Gladstone. Lily Gladstone, the yes. star of Curse of uh, not Curse of. I'm I'm thinking of the the Kill, Asian yeah, movie. Oh, <laughs> Kill Us of the Flower Moon. But I mean, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how we. You know, we just had this interesting report. You and I, of course, are like, as I tweeted, is water wet that after 2020, all these studios made these commitments to have, you know, DEI, diversity and inclusion, that have more projects featuring um, people of color, directed by people of color, black directors, whatever you have there, as well as women directors. And we found out that the needle really hasn't moved up much. It was a lot of talk, a lot of hashtagging and, you know, wah, 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 in the words of Charlie Brown. So, I mean, this study pretty much cemented what we've all said, you know. Well, in it, fact, it is what it is. as we were talking about Dr. Claudine Gay, who has uh, basically been forced to resign from the presidency of Howard of Harvard University, maybe she'll go and run Howard at some point, but... Uh, uh, DEI, there is a lot of pushback in business and in, it appears to be the entertainment industry as well, because some of the shows that ended up canceled as we tried to navigate this new world after these strikes are some of the shows that had predominantly black cast or were uh, shows that featured black uh, storylines. Oh, 100%. You know, and this is the thing is when people always say to people like you and I, well, you know, we always are getting the same old, same old, or, you know, there is this chatter. Uh, we got to, as I like to say, we got to leave social media once in a while and go outside and touch grass because right. people are on social media saying that, you know, the color purple is a slave movie. And you're like, the, the timeline doesn't even like, you know, like pay attention. You have, you know, record players, you have the car. So how is it a slave movie? You know what I mean? Like, I know, like you can say Jim Crow. And also if you look at, just the aesthetics of that town, um, excuse me, like Seely's father owned the store. There were business owners, you know, uh, Mr. owned his land. He owned a home. Uh, where were we doing that during during slavery in the South? Like, yeah. no, we weren't. So I need people once in a while to just let's use our common sense. Let's look at the clues and let's not do that. But at the same time, we got to support, you know, a show like Swagger, which I thought was great because it filled the void of um, young black and, you know, just young people. There are not a lot of shows for featuring young black brown people in drama and comedy. Yes, there's a void right now. You know, we, those CW shows are all getting canceled what is out there for young people? And, and Swagger was one of those shows. I loved um, Grand Crew because this was not, it was just about regular people. We all have a group of friends we get together that we kiki with, that we have drinks with and, and just talk about life. And that was the beauty of that show, you know? But again, if people are giving us something different, we have to support. And I know it's hard. But if you you don't have to sit there and watch it at, you know, Wednesday, whatever time it comes on, you can go back on Peacock. All of that counts towards ratings. So, you know, we have to important thing is support if we do want to see more talent of color. Again, I do want to note for our audience, part of the agreement from uh, the strike is that Netflix has to divulge numbers. So now creators will be able to make a better argument to keep shows on the air 
on Netflix is because they'll have the numbers. Right. Before they were going, you know, Netflix was saying it's doing great, but you don't know what does great mean, you know? And also you can, and again, Netflix is a global company, uh, just like uh, Prime is all over. Paramount is starting to roll out in different parts of the world. So while you may be doing decent here in the United States, you may be a hit in the United Kingdom. You may be a hit in Australia. So you have all this information to be able to advocate for your show and for your talent. So that is something new for 2024, that now Netflix will be revealing numbers. I saw uh, something else that's new for 2024. Everyone's going to be paying more for Prime Video if you want to avoid ads. And there does seem to be this sense that the streamers are now moving a little bit more like regular TV that we're used to with rolling out shows once a week, with uh, getting to these numbers that you may need to get to in order to see whether or not they're going to invest in these shows, and also with putting ads back on uh, streaming content. Well, the idea is, okay, but we know we're not going to cut the bonuses from the CEOs. Like, you know, it's not going to go from 20 million to 10. Right. So the money's got to come somewhere that is making up the deficit in terms of residuals and all these things and paying people higher salaries right. for these shows and these streamers. Because again, we got to remember, we're talking the average show on a streamer is eight to 10 episodes, uh, some cases six and whereas uh, conventional TV is 15 to 22 and you have ad revenue, right? So prime time is between 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern. So all of that is what, you know, they're saying, well, we don't have that money that the networks have, right? So, and also they don't, this is why prime got into sports because sports brings a lot of revenue. Right. So where else are you going to get the money if you have certain shows and you like, you know, making, watching when you want to watch stuff, the consumer, they're not saying you have to, you can keep your right. current rate, but you can get some commercials. If you don't like commercials, you got to pay the opt out of commercials who already has done that. And it is a way. Now I don't have a problem with that. As long as the money is going towards the people, the creatives, right. not to increase the, the the bonuses from the CEO. So if you're using that revenue to pay talent, to pay higher residuals, I think then people are going to be like, okay, cool. But if we find out that, you know, CEO so-and-so's bonus went from 20 to 25 million, you're going to get some hard side eyes. Right. No doubt about that. What can we look forward to just on the entertainment front that's coming, let's say, in the first quarter? Anything good that you've noticed that is heading our way? Well, True Detective. True Detective is coming out January 14th on Max. True Detective has different scenarios. It's um, some type of police work. We are in season four. This one is so, so good. It stars Jodie Foster and Kelly Rice. It takes place in Alaska and uh, Native people. And there is this science place where people are researching and they've been there for years and all of a sudden everybody associated with that is found dead. Mm. It also takes place during the dark season in Alaska where, you know, there's no daylight. So it's all it all looks like a night shoot. But the cinematography is outstanding. Jodie Foster, Jodie Foster, Jodie Foster. Outstanding. I mean, like you were you are reminded how good of an actress she is. Mm. Also, I love that this for Kylie Rice. Kylie Rice is a Native American 
um, Cap Verdean woman. She is a part-time boxer, actor, and she's also really great. And they have equal yoke. So she's not just in there, you know, to be the person of color. Sure. She has agency and it's a really juicy a story. It's six episodes. I've seen all six. You're going to be on the edge of your seat. You're going to tune in every week wanting to know what is going on, who did what and who's involved. And um, so I really, really love this. And, and I'm glad that the women are leading. Also, January 10th on Apple TV, you have um, True Criminal, which stars Kush Jumbo. You remember her from The Good I Fight, yeah. right? And again, it's one of those things. I feel like Apple TV, their strength is sci-fi and these criminal, these these detective type of things. This is an English show. It takes place in London. And she plays a detective who uh, is discovering that someone was possibly wrongfully convicted. Mm. So naturally, she's, you know, causing a stir. And I love this because, again, we get to see uh, crime solving from a different point of view because, you know, in England, they don't have guns. The police manages to solve cases without running around shooting people. And it's very intricate and very and analytical. And she's um, outstanding in the show. And I think you're, I think people are going to be, again, Apple TV does those type of shows really, really well. Again, sci-fi because they're willing to throw in the money to make everything look good. And it's also really, really well acted. Um, as far as on the movie side, January 12th, a lot of people have been waiting for James Samuels follow up from the harder they fall, which is the book of Clarence, which comes mm. out January 12th. Yeah. It stars, um, Lakeith. Uh, Lakeith. Mm-hmm. As Stanfield, as well as R.J. Ryder. R.J. Ryder was the one, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the one that said with the blind blind, you know, the fancy gunslinger. And he was also in, uh, if you were at Sundance, in emergency. And, you know, he's a young talent, somebody to keep your eye on and look for a lot of people that you get, you know, making cameos. And it's it's hard to explain because it's like a biblical <laughs> Thing. Like, like a he, biblical he's, comedy is what it looks it's like. It's a biblical comedy <laughs> where this guy is, he owes money and he pretends to be a messiah because he sees Jesus getting all this, this love. So he pretends to be a messiah in order to raise money for his debt. But then there are some other things to help him, you know, come to light. But, uh, you know, David, David Oyelio is in it and he's, you know, he has a funny cameo and it's just... It's just really out of the box. You kind of got to see it and okay. it kind of makes sense. The music is good because, you know, with James Samuel, you're going to get really, really good uh, music. For those mm-hmm. of you that don't know, he is Seal's brother. So look for for the, the music from Seal as well as this. But yeah, it's it's a good if you want something that's a little bit out of the box and it's perfect for January, you know, where you have all this really sad, really downtrodden music. Uh, excuse me, movies, this is kind of like, you know... I think everything Lakeith does is out of the box. You mentioned Apple TV. He did The Changeling on Apple TV, and that was as weird as anything that I've watched. I'm not sure how I feel about that after seeing the entire season, but Lakeith is always going to give you a little off kilter, uh, even if you see his Instagram post lately. <laughs> but he's a good, I mean, I, I think, love him as an actor. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the quirkiness 
adds to the fact that he's a, I mean, you know, you can feel however you want to feel about him, right? But at the end of the day is he's a real talent. He's giving you so many different looks and so many different roles. And I think the the, the beauty about all those guys that came out of Atlanta is, uh, you know, Childish Gambino really picked some people that are like, talented you know they're all working they're all doing things and that's one of the reasons why it, t- it takes so long for you know new seasons to be coming because people booked them busy and i think they were smart enough to end the show while it's still you know let's end then leaving people wanting for more instead of like you're like oh now it's lost it's gusto people are doing it for a check right. so um i think in that case that that's a beauty of it and zendaya's movie that got moved from I remember last fall is now coming out about in April twenty six. Challengers, two? not Dune. Well, oh, Dune, okay. you don't need to advertise. Dune sells itself. Okay, but um, the movie that she made with uh, Josh O'Connor, a Mike Fast tennis player, where she's oh, like in this love triangle. Okay, Challengers. Yeah, that has a new date, and that's April twenty six. So she has Dune in March, and then she has this in April. So, so yes, Zendaya poised for a big year. Now, I don't even think we have enough time to get into this backlash to the Dave Chappelle, his latest comedy special, The Dreamer. Have you seen it? Yeah, I mean, I think people are like, okay, we get that you don't like trans people or you yeah. have an issue with trans people. People are like, okay, it's now tiresome. Now it's becoming... For somebody that went on this tour saying that you are not uh, transphobic, it does come across as homophobic and transphobic because that's all the shtick is. We used to watch Dave Chappelle, in my opinion, because he was clever. He was interesting. He was outside the the box. Now he's sounding like the bitter old man. And people are going like, okay, we're not tuning in for that. I mean, the thing is, on top of it, I mean, the last show that he did uh, that he reflected on the backlash to the other stuff, I felt that he explained it cleverly. He spoke his side. He made it make sense. But this one just felt like, okay, you're continuing on. It just sounds to me like you don't have any new material ready. And they said, hey, let's get this uh, new uh, comedy special going. But he wasn't maybe ready with new, fresh material. It didn't feel new or fresh. And more than that, it wasn't as funny as we've expected from him. And that is the cardinal sin, in my view. If you turn on a Dave Chappelle special and you're like, eh, because we're used. Well, that's what I'm saying. It sounds like he sounds like the bitter old man, right. and not to mention it for somebody that says he's not for hate. He has to also understand there's a fragment of population that is using that special to drive the hate. Right. So, are you comfortable that there are people out there who are actively transphobic and pushing that to use it? Do you know what I mean? Like, sure. do you want your name associated with these hate groups? And if you're saying you're not for that, then you got to examine your part in that. You know what I right. mean? And then I think, you know, um, it's also like it's it's low hanging fruit, right? Like right. you're smarter than this. Like we know you're more capable or better than this. This is what people do when they only have their one trick pony. And it right. also seems like, you know, Netflix paid him all this money for these various specials. And exactly like you said is, well, let me just get these little shots off so that I can fulfill my contract. Right. Like, come on, Dave, that's a lot of money. Do better. 
Right. I would have to agree. I just felt I, I felt that he covered it in the last special, which I liked. I know that that was controversial as well. I think that there are people who responded to it that maybe didn't understand or, or catch the actual nuance of what he said in that particular special. But this time it was just like, OK, you dealt with that. Let's move on. It's a new year. What what new things do you have to offer? Because they, they're with everything going on in the world, he has been one of those people that you count on, like a Chris Rock, like a Trevor Noah, to talk about these kinds of issues that we're all challenged by and facing with and make us laugh at them. And it just didn't feel like that in this special to me. But I think comedians are on tough times because people don't have senses of humor anymore either, it seems like. In a lot of these cases, they have to tip around all these subjects because once again, even if we were talking about uh, the Harvard president resigning, people are, are, are making things viral off of sound bites and not the entirety of uh, the work. Well, it's our community right now, right? We don't research things. We don't use our critical thinking skills. Right. Like we, you know, like I said, this whole discourse around Taraji, she talked about disparity and pain and it turned into people running it. Oprah's not paying people like, no, I pay attention. (laughs) All these other women are saying the same thing that did not work with Oprah. So like, clearly it's a Hollywood issue. Or when people are saying, oh, do you understand that a producer can advocate, but the studio negotiates with the, with the talent's agent on salary, but no, it's Oprah. Like, it's like, you know what I mean? Where you, 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 you're like, okay, I need you to not be these people because they're getting their information from YouTube and, you know, the right. DJ flat or whatever. And people don't understand is that these folks pay for information. It will be, I will, it will be interesting in the new year to see as Kevin Hart filed this lawsuit against Tasha Kay, mm-hmm. who now is again in the heat. What will happen? Because it seems as though bloggers are not paying attention since Cardi won her case against Tasha K. Right. And Tasha K hasn't seen the light. It will be interesting what will happen. I think this is going to be a new era where people who like to run off at the mouth and just say things are going to be in for a rude awakening. Yes, it's called freedom of speech. You're absolutely free to say what you want but you're not free of consequences. And so I think it will be very, very interesting to see because again, Kevin Hart, like Cardi, has way more money than Cardi, can just focus on whatever he's focusing on and let his lawyers handle what they're going to handle. And, you know, it will be interesting to see because Tasha Kay already is in the rears to Cardi. She can't afford to be in the rears to Kevin Hart But how will the rest of the community start paying attention and be like, oh, are celebrities going to start holding us accountable for the misinformation we put out there? And they and and they absolutely should. And and this is in this particular case, Kevin is also suing his former assistant for disclosing confidential information. And this is uh, based on this Tasha Kay interview where uh, the former assistant alleges that Kevin once again has been cheating on his wife. Uh, Aniko Hart, and uh, it has led to this lawsuit. But Katia, you know we are out of time. We could talk so much longer, but I've got to hit that break. Always good to see you. Happy New Year. Looking forward to see what happens at the Golden Globes this weekend. Absolutely. Thank you so much, everyone. All right. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com. 